This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. My name is Shannon Mateski. I'm originally from Berkeley, California. I am 22 years old, moved to Chicago to go to college and just finished. One of the songs that greatly impacted me is TLC's What About Your Friends. I would definitely say this whole album was very impactful. Just to see three women kind of bust out onto the scene and take charge of like everything. And their style was like so ridiculous. Like everything they wore, everything they spoke about, it just really like touched me as a young adult. Uh, it was one of the first cassettes my mother ever dropped to me. And just seeing like women all over what music was at that time like meant so much in my young age i think i was like seven or eight or something bumping tlc and salt and pepper and it was just powerful and to know that they were like 21 doing this and on the scene and just fly as hell it meant a lot to me to see how hyped they were and how happy they were and they were like sexy and dope and fun and like that meant so much. It was so liberating to like be a girl. And this song like was so fun. The video was like amazing with all the colors and it was like party time and they was running the show and I wanted to be like that. I was like, I want to be one of those girls. I want to I want to play with them. I want like to have the big like harem pants and like overalls and you know, they they were having a great time. And like they were with their friends and like this song at a young age, like what about your friends? Like it impacted me so much because it was like, really, though, what about your friends? Like, where are they? Who is going to have your back? And I remember my mother said to me, definitely watch who your friends are. And then my godmother seconded it. And she said, you don't need a lot of friends. You just need important friends. And I think since then, I only had two other friends besides me. So it was like three friends at all times. In elementary school, I had two good friends. In middle school, I had two good friends. I felt like I had trust with my little squad. We was like a little TLC. In middle school, we was like the three mixed chicks, me and my homegirls. And it was really awesome having that type of mentality. We have each other's back. I also dug like 
just everything about uh, the confidence of these women. Like, they had each other, but they're, like, independent in their own right, had their own swagger um, and their own, like, attitude about uh, who they wanted to be as women. So, you know, even though I might act crazy, even though I might be all wild, like, even though I'm left eye and I might be, like, you know, the the wild one of the bunch, like, uh, we still are valid as women and we still all have our individual stories um, and journeys. Like, growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends, but the ones I did have stuck by me, definitely followed through, made sure that I was okay. Um, I was in foster care, and it was hard to find, like, a familial sense of love, and I got it from my friends. My friends were my family, so it was important for them to have my back and to be there and to just hear me for whatever that may be, even if it was a little bit of ego at times or a little wild at times. They were there. And when Left Eye was going through her transitions, it was very interesting just watching how it affected the rest of the girls and after her passing to see how that matriculated as well. Knowing her spiritual journey through that, they've been through a lot, you know, T-Boz and her relationship, Chili and like running away from love and all that was crazy to watch a woman journey through her life, but to still be able to be vulnerable and powerful at the same time. It was like a lesson that, I kind of had to watch at a distance, and I think I'm only starting to know now in my adult life the power of that. But it was really beautiful to see. It was such a guide and a beacon. I was like, yeah, those ladies are living, you know? They are living the journey. And it made me comfortable when I was going through different phases of my own journey as a woman. I just felt like I wasn't alone in that sense. I was like, those girls did it, I can too, and still be cool with it, you know? Uh, still do it with a smile and be beautiful. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful grind, someone once said. especially talking about a woman's journey, like, you know, love is a huge part of it. And it was awesome, just like, I don't know, I thought I was gangster. I was trying to, like, thug through my childhood to just try to make it, you know. But I thought it was so interesting when Left Eye burned old boy's house down. You know, she was angry. She was a woman with rage. She was a woman with anger. She was a woman who couldn't like articulate or understand her feelings so she just did some shit and like growing up I had anger issues being in foster care being bitter like I knew what that was you know but I also knew like it didn't come from a place of like hate and upset it came from a place of not having an outlet big enough you know so it was interesting just watching her through that not really agreeing with she went route the right route but you know just understanding where that came from it was reminiscent of my own family structure um, where there was a lot of physical violence and things like that. Especially knowing that, like, y'all were the three beacons of strong women, and here I do see y'all break. But like I said, that's what that balance of being a strong woman and being a vulnerable woman came in. It was like, wow, you're woman enough to say you can break. And it's not about the breaking. It's about the, the comeback. And I do feel like they all bounce back. And it was like, no, let me remember the woman I am, the woman I was. You know, I'm still that woman. And they kind of walked back into their greatness and didn't let that stop them. That brings back to their, to their um, Unpretty song. Oh, my goodness. When they did Unpretty, like, 
It was about domestic violence. It was about self-hate. It was about loving yourself, you know? Like, yeah, we've been there. We felt unpretty, but we are beautiful. I grew up in a Baptist Christian background, growing up in a black church, and it was very like pushed upon me. But I also grew up in my godmother's like spiritual bath shop. And um, she was a Rosicrucian order. She was in the Rosicrucian order, which I'm still kind of learning about. But I remember her like taking me to her temple and how they talked about spirituality and how she would talk about spirituality just within her shop to her customers about like their life change and all this. And it opened up the scope of what religion or what praise can be. And when I saw Left Eye kind of go through um, this spiritual just awareness and search, I understood where that came from, you know, that non-conventional like faith, you know, what is that? And I definitely admired her for exploring it. I feel like in my adult life, going away to college, like no one wanted me to leave California, but I had to leave California. There was things that I had to do on my own, and that was a spiritual journey in its own sense, you know, walking alone, being here with no support, and finding the faith through that and finding the me through that. Who am I? I think that she definitely had an identity crisis in a sense too of who am I what am I doing but realizing that being was exactly that and I think that's a lesson that I've had to learn and still am learning you know the process of being and the process of being present in whatever form that may be sometimes you just got to walk away to do that you know to explore that and to see what that is In elementary school, I kicked it with Brianna and Elise. And actually, I got my nickname first from them because we were having a slumber party. And I think we were rap. I think they were like, yo, we got Brie and we got Elise. And then we on the bed and we about to play. We got... And Shannon just didn't work. So they were like, we got Shay. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to use that. Uh, so that's been my, like, my main nickname since then. And those are my girls. My foster mother also didn't allow me to have a lot of friends. Uh, she, she was very protective over me. Like I couldn't go over people's houses for the most part, but at least lived like a block away. Perfect. I barely went to Breeze, so like the two girls could come to my house, you know, but occasionally. And then in middle school, I had two light-skinned girls that were my homies. Uh, I eventually called them uh, cousins. I had Katiana and Candace, and they were both as yellow-skinned as I am. And when you hear like light-skinned girls, like, oh, maybe it's like a light brown girl, but we were all either mixed biracial or mulatto of some sense. So Candace was actually South African, Katiana was black and white, and I don't know what I am still to this day, but we were all the same complexion. So we kicked it, and we were the three mixed chicks, the three MCs. 
to action be the latest in That was probably uh, when we started becoming socially aware of our environment and me and Katiana got thick into activism even then, like very interested in like things that were happening in the community. And Candace coming from South Africa, still knowing the sense of apartheid. She, her family escaped during apartheid. To know that, like we were all very involved and we actually started like encouraging other people to to get involved and to be interested in all these different things. So it felt powerful being amongst that squad. And then we actually transitioned in, all into the same high school. Leaving out of our middle school, um, the only opportunities available were to go to the public high schools. But then a new charter school opened up and it was an arts charter school called Oakland School for the Arts. And me and Candace were both actors in middle school and we were like, yo, let's apply. And we didn't even talk to Katiana, but she was applying for, like, the creative writing uh, section. So uh, Candace applied for acting. I applied for acting and creative writing, and we all got in. And we were all within this school, at least for our first year, and were the three MCs there and just continued to, to be the crazy ones we were. And then Katiana, unfortunately, left our high school after her freshman year, I think she left, and then Candace left after her sophomore year. And it sucked for me to lose my, my two friends, but also at the same time, I was more established within my high school, so it kind of worked out. And I adopted two more friends. I had Genevieve and Tassian, and those were my homies. We actually became like a triplet because we did student government. And that was my squad of girls and at Oakland School for the Arts. It was powerful to know that we were surrounded by this great artistic community as well as my small community. Like, my girls had my back. Like I said, my, my family didn't want me going to college, and I was like, no, I'm going to make it happen. And we were all college-bound. <laughs> Please respond when I call your name. Right, Kevin Charles. Jairus Boykin, Alicia Simmons, Philip Valdez, Gabrielle Salado, um, Latoya Bradbury, Anton Mitchell, Shaquan Sutton, Corey Thomas, Taryn Lucas, Tamia Caldwell, Tamika Marshall, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, like, I'm not even sure, and I haven't put out the dates of in context of how old I was when this album came out, but I know where I was in my writing development. I started becoming interested in poetry in middle school after reading Entezaki's For Colored Girls Who Consider Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough in acting class, and I decided to write my own versions of women in whatever of that and kind of was very interested in writing since then. And after hearing Lauren, just like through different verses, I had heard of her feature on people's songs, like, her verbal control and flexibility was so impressive. I don't puff blood, so I always got my breath. Never had to battle with a bulletproof vest. They call me cockweasel, but I still came for chess. I don't wear Jerry girls, cause I'm not from the West. Don't disrespect her. It just was so impressive. And I started out being a rhyming poet, and I was like, no, I wanna be better than that. You know, I wanna I wanna be able to like 
to step on these dudes' toes and be like, what? You ain't got nothing on my lyrics. And to hear her come out, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I think um, not only to hear her rap, but I saw her in films as well. Like, she just kept popping up. And it was like, well, I need to pay attention to this woman. Who is she? Really? And I also really love that that album was about, like, love and finding this self-love like the classroom setting on in between the tracks was really um personal to me like I felt part of that you know and like I said growing up not feeling like I had a place to be part of like I felt so inclusive within that album she said so much but to to watch her verbal acrobatics just bounce all over the place it really inspired me to be a better writer to be more articulate to know what I stand for, where I come from, and to allow myself to journey. I definitely feel that throughout this album, she said so many different things and so many different aspects of herself, her life, her story came up. And at a time where I was transitioning to becoming just a mediocre poet to wanting to take it more seriously um, because I had stories to tell. One of the songs, uh, Everything is Everything, was great because growing up in my situation, after everything I had been through with going through foster care, my mother was a drug addict and died when I was nine. I've been dealing with the abuse situation that was happening within my foster home and just trying to figure out my place in the world. She kind of reassured me with this song, you know? Everything is everything. What is meant to be will be. And it kind of gave me like faith that like, okay, something's going to happen. You know, like I'm not going through this for no reason. Something's going to happen. Just hold out and journey through it. You know, let it be what it is right now. She'll be okay. And that like, I needed to hear that. No one said that to me except for Lauren. She starts off her verse, you know, I wrote these words for everyone who struggles with their youth. Like, you're talking to me. And that, like I said, was so intimate. Like, wow, thank you for talking to me. And to have a woman talk to me. Because my, my foster mother wouldn't. And, you know, I could only go to outside people so much because, you know, of their own accessibility or my accessibility to them because of my foster mother being so strict. I felt that I could just put on this album and have somebody hear me and I hear them. Is very like big sister spirit, you know, kind of helping me grow up. It definitely helped me through a transition of adolescence. And a lot of things she says in this song, like a lot of lines, like. Who made these rules? Who made these rules? We're so confused. We're so confused. Easily led astray. That was so relevant. Like questions I had, you know, not only who made these rules like within the world and society, which I very much felt pressure about, like growing up, like who said I have to be like gay or straight or or, you know, girly or not girly, wear a dress or wear pants or like be loud or be quiet, you know, but also who made these rules within my home? Like who said that you can you can rule me and tell me what to do? You're not my mama type shit. You know, I'm I don't know. I don't know who to listen to. I don't know uh, what to follow. But to know she had similar questions was like, okay, my questions are valid, you know, and I can say them and I can state them. It just made me feel like not alone in that sense, you know, not alone on that journey. 
and then like she just like killed killed the next verse like a lot of things in this just totally uh along with that like woman empowerment ass shit like you know even after everything is everything, she can still be strong as fuck. And I like that in this, she brought a little bit of ego to it, a little bit of her swagger. And like to be such a humble woman and to see that, it, it, it allowed me to say, okay, you know, I can kind of feel myself. Not feel myself in the sense of like get self-indulgent and like big-headed, but like I am somebody. And to remember that, to be in such a household where my mom would be like, oh, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to go nowhere. I was like, fuck you, I am. Let me tell you that everything is everything. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. Everything. After winter, must come spring. Everything is everything. I was a great person who worked off of negative reinforcement. So a lot of the bad shit my mom would say to me, I was like, all right, watch me trump that. You know, so I was an honor roll student. I was one of the best, like, artists in my school. I, I st when I started Slam, I was 14, and I was one of the top five in the whole city. The only 14-year-old amongst all these, like, 19-year-olds, like, in this Slam. And I was like, yo, I did it. You know, I won um, the opportunity to go to the National Poetry Slam. And my mom said, no, I don't want you to go. And I said, why not? She said, well, I didn't think you were going to get that far anyway. And she almost stopped me from doing that poetry slam. And even after, she was like, you're not never going to do a poetry slam. And I would sneak away to go do poetry slams. Because I was like, God damn it, I know I'm fly. And I know I have something to say. And you're not going to stop me from delivering a message. You know, and that definitely just, like, triggered me and pushed me forward. And to, like, to know, like, you f you're fly for a reason. You know, like, Lauren is dope for so many reasons, and, like, she can speak to that. But it's like she's fly not for her sake and not for the sake of being fly. She's fly, and that is just a hook to, like, attach people to her message, attach people to what she actually has to say, you know? And that, to me, was really awesome to see. I was like, okay, you know, you're beautiful, and you're fun, and I want to listen to you, and I want people to listen to me for, like, you know, I'm going to use those same things. Cool. Now, now that you're chimed in, let me tell you what I got to say to you. You know, let me let me uplift you and let me help you. Let me say something to you. Let me also say the things that I need to hear. You know, and I definitely feel like in her album, she she did the same. You know, this is not only for you, but this is for me through my journey, through my miseducation, through the understanding of self and how I'm growing as a person and as a woman in this world under these circumstances, under all these pressures that people were putting on her with this album and where she was going with her career, you know, to just, yeah, listen to that journey and to chime into it. I was like, yo, we can make this work. If she can make this work, we can make this work. And just having that faith of like, it will be. It's going to happen. It's going to work through. Just keep on going. More powerful than two Cleopatras. That right there was like, blew my whole shit. Blew my whole shit. Because not only was, like, I in foster care, whatever, whatever, like, even before that, um, me and my birth mother, we were homeless. 
And like to know that I had came from being a homeless little girl to coming up in the game and like doing great art and great theater and great poetry and like I was rising somewhere, you know, starting to win these poetry and I'm going somewhere. But like, look at where I've been through and where I'm from, you know, flipping in the ghetto on a dirty mattress. Shit, me too. You know, you too? Cool, me too. And the rapper slash actress, like slash, like not either or, not like this or that, but no, both at the same time, especially with me getting a lot of acclaim for my poetry. People were like, oh, she's a poet. Well, I'm way more than a poet. I'm an actress and a poet and an activist and so much more. Like, why are we putting labels on shit, you know? But if you want to, I'ma own them all. And that was really awesome to me. I was like, cool, I'ma do that. As a poet myself, a lot of my poems are very, uh, I'm known for kind of putting my shit on the stage, putting it out there. And for a while, I didn't write. Just me still, I don't write as often as people think. And they're like, well, Shay, where's this poem? And why don't you doing this? And I'm like, well, because I don't want to open no wounds today. Or maybe I need to step back and look at them and process them. Because also in my poetry, you know, I do want to inspire. And I don't want to always be like, well, these, this is my shit. And that's just, it's just shit right now, you know? It's like, okay, well, how am I going to get out this shit? I need to give myself time to get out this shit, you know, and talk about what that is like. So wait a little bit, you know? But also there is room to still talk about being in that shit. Like uh, one of my students read a poem I wrote recently, and he was like, wow, this is really dark and, like, not what I expected of you because I'm very happy and positive these days. And I was like, yeah, but I had to get that darkness out, and it came out in the form that I, I, I work in. So I definitely have reverence for, yeah, giving yourself your own process, you know, and the time that you need. Or even, like, I'm, I'm trying to write a few one-woman shows right now, but they're very autobiographical. And, like, sometimes it gets scary, and I don't want to write about it, and I don't want to speak about it. And it will turn into song because I just need to wail some things out, you know? And the, and the beauty of that and the beauty of letting it mix with whatever your emotion is and, and letting your being just sift through all that, you know? I definitely saw her do it. So Love is Blind, man, when Eve came out, like, she was so fierce. These examples of fierce women, like, I feel like I needed to see that. Women who, like, pushed through it so guttural. Like, all right, this is a man's world. Fuck that. I'm going to go right through the center of it. You know, and I feel like Eve came out. Um, she was in Rough Riders crew. Like, that's a hard-ass group of boys. And she was like, fuck y'all. I'm the girl. You know, and was allowed to, like, be this beautiful woman. Didn't have no hair. Like, what? You don't have, you bald and you still, like, the shit? Um, and they like you, you know? Like, to see that how that was received within this super ultra, like, machismo, like, driven group of men um, was so awesome. But to also see her touch with her vulnerabilities, too. Love is Blind, like, it was about her relationship with her friend. You know, and here we go, friends again, like my relationship to my sister from another mother, like you are so important to me. And the intimacy of that type of relationship 
really struck me. Going into foster care, my first friend was my foster mother's niece, so my cousin. And she said, even though you're not my cousin, you're my cousin. Ever since then, we've been inseparable. And this relationship Eve has with her friend in her in this song definitely mirrors the relationship I have with, with my best friend, especially going through the home that I did. She actually, you know, she is my, my foster mother's blood niece, but they've kind of had a rough relationship because my mother was jealous of my relationship with her. You know, can I go to Willa's house? Can I hang out with Willa? Can I do this with Willa? Da, 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 da. She kind of stopped me for a while seeing my cousin. That's not going to stop us from being cousins, you know, um, and we're still very tight through that. And at one time, like, she lived with me, and we were, like, sisters in this sense, and, like, you know, and that was a time where we were both, like, uh, figuring out boys and had to protect each other around boys. Um, and I think this Love is Blind song has kind of put up some red flags of, like, how our relationship was, was with boys. We were like, uh-uh, you ain't going to fall into one of those situations. Watch your ass. Watch how he's talking to you. You know, watch how he's, like, handling you. Um, and I went through a lot more than she did growing up. Like, there was a lot of just hard situations. I was the one that, like, took all the hard lessons, you know? Like, I, I was raped and, and, like, had to tell her. And she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, girl, I know, but let's just chill. And we both knew the person and, like, her guttural instinct of I want to kill this motherfucker. But no, like, we're going to just be there for me. That's what I need you to do. And don't worry, he won't ever touch you like that. Just like, sh he got me, but he ain't going to get you. You know, and the, my protection instinct for her. Like, I took one for the team, don't worry about it type shit. I don't even know you and I want you dead. Don't know the facts, but I saw the blood pour from her head. See, I laid down beside her in the hospital bed. And about two hours later, doctor said she was dead. Had the nerve to like Eve, like she's fucking gorgeous, but she's so intimidating just in her presence. And I was like, okay, that's what I got to be like. All right, cool. I'm going to walk around the street like that. All right, I got it. It just taught me how to put up these borders in this environment. You know, it wasn't easy growing up in Oakland, especially being light-skinned. But how do you put on your game face when you walk outside? How do you talk to a dude? Just straight up, what's up? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Keep it pushing. Yeah, it was just very interesting navigating those type of relationships, being an adolescent, trying to grow into a young woman, you know, feeling shame of being a young woman because, shit, I'm developing. That means they looking, you know, cover it up. Don't be too pretty, you know, type shit. It was hard. It was hard. But to, to have somebody protecting me and me protecting her in the same sense was so beautiful. And Eve with the song, man, like, I swear, this was literally one of the first songs, like, I, I know verbatim, like, I don't even know you and I hate you. See, all I know is that my girlfriend used to date you. How would you feel if she held you down and raped you, tried and tried, but she never could escape you? Like, what? This is my homegirl, you know? Like, this is, this, is, this is also what I saw happen to my mother. This is also what I know happens to some of my aunties. Like, this is fucked up, but, like... I'm going to be the protector, you know? Um, like Eve says, like at the beginning of damn near every verse, like I'll kill your ass straight up. I will pop you. You feel me? And like, no, I didn't have no guns or anything. Like it wasn't trying to, but like that type of guttural mentality of I will take you out, you know? They can cops come and lock me under the jail. Fuck that, my sister. You can never figure out. Even if I let you live what I love was all about, I consider him my blood and it don't come no thicker. Like what? 
Like that to me was me and my cousin. That to me was me and Candace and Katiana, me and Tatiana and Genevieve, you know, me and, and, and Elise and Brianna. Like that was me and my girls. And to have like women protect each other, very like Liz Estrada type mentality of like when we band together, we are powerful type shit. Um, and just that that um, tone kind of just kept me. I don't know. I, I was the hard one when I had to be, but also the soft one for them. You know, like saying, yeah, like I've been through these experiences, girl, let me give you my perspective. And I'm only 15, but I've seen the wire, you know, I've seen a lot go on and I've had a lot go on. And to be that kind of go to girl uh, meant a lot to me. Even in the TLC song, you know, she's like, sometimes I let other people depend on me and I let a lot of people depend on me, you know, but I knew they had my back as well. Like, all right, when the table turns, like, my girls got me. And I remember even in high school when, when I was raped um, and I came to school and the first two girls that saw me was Genevieve and Tassian and I just cried one morning. I was allowed to just cry and my girls was there for me. And they were the first persons I told even before my cousin Willa because it was hard to tell her. You know, and that I had been through such a thing. And, and when that happened, um, I wasn't as, as verbal as I felt I should have been. You know, I felt kind of guilty because I didn't want to tell nobody. I didn't want to tell nobody. I wrote a poem about it. It's called Stacy. And even in the line, I say, the only two people I've told are as of the same age as me and can do nothing. You know, like I told my girls, but I didn't tell, I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell people at school. I didn't tell nobody. You know, and, and I'm this beacon of like inspiration and this activist and this girl who's like speaking out against everything, doing all these poems, but she's not saying this. Like that was kind of hard, but I felt like, you know, in order to keep us all safe, I can't at the same time. So it was interesting just kind of like bearing that weight for the team, for the squad, for my girls, you know? You heard my gun cock, bring it to me now I ain't God, but I'll pretend I ain't start your life a nigga I'ma bring it to an end And I did, clear shots and no regrets Never cops coming, lock me under the jail Nigga, whatever, my bitch, fuck that, my sister You can never figure out Even if I let you live, what I love was all about I consider her my blood and it ain't come no thicker So right now, I just graduated from DePaul Theater School um, So I did follow my dream of acting you know, as, as much as I was acclaimed as a poet and in my freshman year of college, um, I finally got to do my episode of HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam. So all these great things had happened and I pushed myself to go to college. I took out huge ass loans that I'm scared as hell to pay back right about now. Um, but I said, fuck it, you know, I'm willing to put myself in debt because can't nobody take my knowledge from me. You know, if I take this risk and put myself in debt for this, you can't take my degree. You can't take the classes back. Everything you just gave me, like, you done educated the wrong one, you know, type thing. And I really, like like I said before, am, am focused on training and, and the, the development of the craft. So I went into a BFA program in DePaul, and pretty much all I did was acting from 9 to 11 every day. So I started capitalizing on my education a little more. I not only took the classes, but watched how my teachers taught because one of the things I've always been interested in is education. I knew as a young poet, we were kind of being breeded to be young teaching artists. So I knew I would return to education eventually. So I worked for young Chicago authors as their mentorship director and creating a young group called The Board within Young Chicago Authors. So when I came to Chicago, I showed up at Young Chicago Authors and was like, yo, I'm a young poet, use me. Like, I got so much stuff, like, use me right now. Put me in a classroom, let's go. They were like, whoa, you're too young. 
to do any like teaching things. And also our, our program is for 18 and under. And I was like, well, shit. And there was no place for me to go because I wasn't 21, so I couldn't get into the green mill. I'm like, yo, Mark Smith, I'm a deaf poet. He's like, you're not 21, got an idea, I can't help you. Where do I go? So now upon graduating, I'm creating this group to kind of fill that space and that void that I felt. And working with a lot of young people um, while I was in college and teaching, doing random teaching artist things, I've met these amazing young adults who now are 18 and have no outlet. So with the board, I'm bringing them all in and through the scope of Young Chicago Authors, but expanding it. Yes, we have a commitment to writing and to literacy and to teaching our kids how to read, but let's also include the visual artists. Let's include the engineers. Let's include like everybody who's been left out of that gap. They all can contribute to this world, yes, in different capacities, and I want to make a room for them. And as well as I work for uh, Step Up Women's Network, and I am their 10th grade poetry teacher. And Step Up Women's Network is a is a nonprofit that works with connecting um, professional women with young adults to encourage them to go to college and to follow through with their careers. And that is such a fulfilling job. What I teach in my class is pretty much women's literature and how it connects to our lives. And I'm not focused on making them great poets. I'm not focused on like critiquing their writing nonstop. I'm focused on building their self-esteem. I'm focusing on making them feel self-empowered, you know, making them feel confident in like beautiful, strong women. And that's what they do. And like when I go up in there, I am buck, I'm crazy, I'm wild. We play theater games and then we get down and talk about poetry. And like I keep it real with them. Like we talk about like a lot of different issues we actually studied for Color Girls and talked about Lady in Blue when she's talking about her abortion. And a lot of girls were like, oh, my God, what's what happened, you know? And we use the, all these different women. I'm actually going to teach Love is Blind as well as, like, um, Nicki Minaj, Dear Nicki. Like, there's so many um, there's women that I think have contributed to this cultural canon of what womanhood is. And we can discuss it, use it as ground base to discuss it, open it up, unpack it, um, and look at it and see how does it reflect to our lives and our experiences. Main P you die cause everybody asks me where you at I try to channel you in hopes that I can spare you back But it's like every intersection we just missed each other You got your fans waiting, tell me you ain't six feet under And tell me that you coming back and you just took a break Maybe I blamed you for everything, that was my mistake In hindsight I loved your rawness and I loved your edge Cause it was you who taught me down from jumping off the ledge Your earrings being boo so I'm within three schools right now doing that um, with all 10th grade girls. And it's, it's really a wonderful environment to be surrounded by women, to help women, to also use my personal experience of what I've been through and how I've came out of it to kind of reflect that back to them. You know, saying, shit, I don't care where you're from. You can do it, too. I did it. I'm not even from here, you know. Like, so uh, continue to, like, you know, let the girls know, like, there are opportunities, especially the ones that do feel stuck and the ones who don't know what to do and don't know how to articulate their transitions and also give them a forum at which to speak what they are going through or what they need to like process. How can we discuss that? How can we talk about that? We investigated Maya Angelou's Phenomenal Woman and, and we not only researched the poem, but we did a bio of her um, and talked about how she was pregnant at 16 and still is Maya Angelou. 
you know, and just using these reflections of these women who have overcome and who have processed these feelings and have been through it is very powerful to me. We can all learn from each other. My kids teach me so many lessons every day about my own womanhood. They keep me happy. I tell them all the time, you guys saved me. Because there's so many times where, like, it is too much to be all this stuff and to, you know, to follow through with, like, everything I say I'm going to do and to be this person I've even built myself up to be. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress running from school to school, city to city to try to make ends meet just to pay rent when I don't have no support, trying to pay off these damn loans and I ain't got no money. Like, that's hard. But to know that that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Everything is everything. And that doesn't fucking matter. You know, what matters is the work we're doing. What matters is the things that we're saying and the impact that we're having. That is so much more important than anything else. That washes all the worries away. You know, and I'm very blessed to be where I am and to, to have had the experiences I've had. Even the bad things I'm grateful for because they've, they've built to my character. They've built to the, like I said, the lessons that I can say I've learned that I can share. One of my, uh, I was working one-on-one -on -one with a student yesterday who was reading a very, very hard poem, and she was 15, and I said, girl, I've been there too. That exact same situation, it's funny you say that, you know? To, so to have that, and she was welling up in her eyes, didn't want to cry, but was welling up because she has somebody who could relate to her, you know? And that meant the world to me. Somebody who can just tap into her experience. So yeah, I don't think that the bad things I've been through were for no. Um, one of my greatest teachers said, you know, turn your tragedy into theater. And I said, well, damn right I will. You know, so if I'm going to go through all this shit, I'm damn sure going to use it for a great reason. I'm going to capitalize on it. Why not? And it'll take over your mind. What you think is love is truly not. You need to elevate and find. Love is blind. And it'll take over your mind What you think is love